another brutal loss, another day, another brutal loss. I mean, this is just, it's getting hard, man. And we're down to the same episode. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're going to have to spice it up somehow. Maybe we'll start talking about random Syracuse basketball players. Let's talk Gino Thorpe on this episode. Um, No, Uh, it was a really brutal game. Syracuse, Virginia. We'll, We'll talk about it. We'll break it down. We'll give you your, your cheers and jeers. It's all on Locked On Syracuse. It's right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Tuesday episode of Locked On Syracuse. Thanks for making it your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Um, tad bit of housekeeping. Sad to say it, Owen. But this is uh, this is going to be my last week on the pod. Uh, I got to move on. I appreciate what the pod has done. Uh, I've enjoyed it, the listeners, but uh, this will be my last week. I'll appear in uh, one or two more episodes uh, this week, but this is uh, this is it for me. So, Owen, appreciate you, buddy. Before we get into this, uh, I, I appreciate you and listeners. Just so you know this as well, I won't let him leave. So he's going to have his goodbye week and his goodbye tour this week, but he'll be back. Relax. Okay. We got to talk Virginia. Uh, This game was, it was brutal. I mean, really brutal because once again, Syracuse says, we're going to win this game. And they tell the entire dome, Hey guys, we're going to win this game. And then they just, they lose just so barely so close. Um, you know, Judah was unreal in this game, hitting crazy shots. He was really, really good. Eight for 13 from the floor uh, for 20 points. He did miss every three he took, including one that would have been pretty clutch. But what can you do? Um, he still had a really, really good game. Outside of him, another dud from Gerard. Two seven-point performances in a row. It keeps falling into the narrative that we bring up time and time again of this team goes as far as that man takes it. Uh, and imagine you get – you went three for 12 tonight. You get a few more of those shots, you win the game. That's all I'm saying. Um, I'm not a Joe Girard hater, as we all know, but, I mean, that just hurts, dude. It really does. Um, you know, Malik played fine. That guy's just a grinder. I like him a lot, as we all know as well. Uh, but Taylor missed four threes. Chris Bell missed a couple threes. This team, it's sad because this team actually has so much talent, but we're just not going to see it all play out. And obviously they did it today without Benny Williams as well. It's announced after the game that he took a personal day. We are pro mental health on this podcast. So I'm glad Benny took the day that he think, that he thought he needed. Um, so kudos to him. Uh, but I don't even know if his presence would have helped in this game. I mean, you don't know what Beheim, how Beheim would have used him. Uh, I don't even know if that really makes so much of a difference. And I'm okay with Malik Brown playing 40 minutes. It really didn't seem like he got tired towards the end or anything like that. I thought he was fine. Um, 
Jesse played an interesting game, obviously fouls out on that charge call late, uh, which, I mean, I think that probably put the nail in the coffin. Do you agree, Owen, that that possession where they were down 64-62, had the ball, Jesse yeah. drives, gets called for a charge, game's over right there. That's it. That was that was it. Uh, and, and a brutal one just because it was there. And, I mean, Vanity Fair does this thing with Billie Eilish where she does the same interview every single year. And it just feels like we're doing that right now. It's same episode, different game. Like it really <laughs> is the same thing. Like, oh, they were close. And then, oh, Jesse fouled out. And that was just sort of it. Or, oh, they were close, but but they missed a few shots. Or, oh, they were close, but, uh, you know, they let the other team go on a big run to finish the game out. Right? It's the same thing every time. And it is infuriating. And it's infuriating because it's it doesn't change. And I guess that's redundant to say, but I mean, you think back to Miami where you're up 11 points and you cannot close. You think back to UNC where you're up four or five points down the stretch and you cannot close. You think back to this game when you're up four with nine minutes to play and you let Virginia go on a 17-9 run to close out the game. It's the same thing. They lose the game the same way every time, and it is the worst because they bring you in. I said this the other day when the Seahawks lost in the playoffs. I'm a Seattle fan. Uh, those of you that know me know that, but I'm a Seattle fan, right? I didn't think they were going to beat the 49ers in the playoffs, but they brought me in in the first half. They kick a field goal as the first half expires to go up. And they're in the half winning uh, a playoff game. And it's like, okay, holy hell, this is happening. That's what Syracuse basketball does. I didn't think for yeah. a second. Our episode that we recorded this morning, I said that there is not a way in my mind that I can rationalize saying Syracuse wins this basketball game. And they made me think they were going to win this basketball game. And that is what's frustrating. And it's it's not – and I was nasty to the refs on on Twitter today. The refs were terrible. I will say that. The rest did not decide this game. This game was decided by Syracuse at the foul line. This game was decided by missed wide open layups in transition. This game was decided by the fact that Syracuse shot three for 15 from three in this basketball game. Okay. Yes, the refs had a couple of moments and I was angry with the refs in those moments. Maybe I was projecting. Okay. But this is a team that, that needed something. And we are looking right now at a fan base that needs something. And Jeff Goodman tweeted today, Syracuse clinches the NIT. I don't know if they have clinched the NIT. This is a team with a horrid resume. A horrid resume. And a stretch we of basketball coming up where I don't know what's going to happen. Okay, this yeah. is a team that is struggling. And it's so frustrating because, as you said, it's not a bad basketball team. And there's a lot of talent on this roster. And it shows. Malik Brown balled out today. Judah Mintz balled out today. Uh, I feel like, and it's ironic, and I'm going to say this in frustration, but I, I'm not mad at Judah by any means. It is ironic to watch Judah shoot about 50% from the foul line today when probably 60% of his points today were foul line jumpers. That is the irony right there. Like it, it make it make sense for me, please, because I feel like he was five for five shooting in the first half with five foul line jumpers, uh, and then he comes and he shoots four for seven from the stripe 
uh, as part of Syracuse's what they shoot. Eight for 17, although those were the rebounds. Uh, 11 for 18 at the foul line today. That's how you lose a game. That's how you lose a game of basketball against a team that is better than you, is you do not take advantage of what is given to you. And that is what happened. Free throws, wide open threes, right? They're not missing contested threes. I'm fine with a missed contested three. They were missing open three-point looks, uh, and they just did not have what it took to win down the stretch. They start games terribly every time. You think the four halves of basketball that Syracuse has played against Virginia this season, uh, in this game, right, starts with a 10-2 Virginia run. Second half today starts with a 7-0 Virginia run. First game they play Virginia this year. The game starts with, I believe, an 11-2 run. And the second half starts with a 12-0 run. That is where you're losing games. Start a half of basketball with an ounce of competency. They cannot do it. And they cannot crawl from behind and win games, right? If they ditch those minutes, right, they start this game at the, whatever it was, the four-minute point where they're now down 10-2. If that was the start of the game, they're winning basketball games. Slow starts are catching up to them. Offensive inefficiencies are catching up to them. The inability to close in basketball games, whether it's missed free throws, whether it is bad shot selection, whether it's Joe Girard no longer wants to shoot the basketball down a handful of points with 30 seconds left on the clock. Joe, what what are you doing? What are you on the court for if you're not the one to take the three? Who do we want to take a three in that situation? Realistically, right? What are we looking for here? You've got two options, seemingly the case. You have Joe Girard, who shoots 38% from three, or Judah Mintz, who shoots 20% from three. Who, who? You don't need a degree in math to understand that. And Joe's passing up a relatively open look, given his standards, to give the ball to Judah at the three-point line? What, what is happening? What is this? Did the crowd, did the fans, did Central New York finally get to Joe? And now he's done shooting? Like, is that what's happened? How do you not shoot that ball? It's so uncharacteristic. We talked about it, right? The pick game earlier in the year where all hope was lost. He was playing terribly, and he chucked a Hail Mary that was the least advised shot we might have ever seen, and it goes in. Okay? I I don't know what the thought process was there. Uh, and, and oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fired up, Bones, and I'm gonna steal your thunder in your last week of episodes and talk the entire time. So I'm gonna shut my mouth for a minute, let us breathe, and maybe we can talk about the gambling advice that I gave you last week. That was probably <laughs> the worst advice you could have possibly fathomed. Got him fired up. We are gonna talk Vandal real quick. Let's take a break. Uh, NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. They have so many great features that are making betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, you can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Owen, you gave me Kyle Juszczyk any time, did not cash. Do you have a bet you want to talk about for the Super Bowl, the superb yeah. owl? Last week I gave you juice. I gave you exact matchup Bengals over Niners. 
uh, and I gave you, quote, easy money, don't overthink, just bet the Bengals. Uh, so take this next sentence incredibly lightly. Maybe just fade him. Jalen Hurts, anytime touchdown. He was at the game tonight. It's true. Give him the anytime touchdown uh, <laughs> because I uh, I don't even want to rationalize. Take that for what it's worth. Eagles might not score a point. Uh, it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use so football fans don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. Okay, uh, we're talking Syracuse in Virginia. Uh, I just want to bring up a couple things. One, you know, everybody talks about quad wins that are important for the tournament. Throw that right out because it doesn't even matter for this team. Uh, we got a tweet at us. I believe it was yesterday, a couple of days ago when this comes out, from a man that we know as Pat from Syracuse from our time at WAER Sports Talk uh, on the double overtime. Uh, but the Twitter world knows is at Pride11. He said, Syracuse has beaten three teams with a winning record. Lehigh, Virginia Tech, who just crushed him in a rematch, and Cornell. And yet a week ago, the local media said we're in the mix. Uh Listen, that's a crazy stat if it's right. If it's true. I, I just tried to fact check it. I think he's right. Three teams with a winning record. Just three. Lehigh, Virginia Tech, and Cornell are the only teams Syracuse has, has beaten that have a winning record. Throw out quad wins. Who cares about all that? Start beating teams that win. I mean, this team is done for, man. Like, come on. It's got to be. I mean, that is crazy of a statistic. Uh, I also want to say the other reason this this loss, especially in the last couple, have really hurt is because we built up this stretch uh, from North Carolina to Virginia, including the Virginia Tech game, that was incredibly pivotal in terms of tournament chances. And guess what? They dropped them all. <laughs> you know, we were like, oh, they got to win two, man. They got to at least win two. They dropped them all. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't even matter. I mean, this team, they won five straight from Notre Dame to Cornell. They dropped the two-game, uh, the two-point loss to Pittsburgh, picked up two more, lost to Virginia close away, then picked up two more, Virginia Tech and Notre Dame, lost to Miami close, beat the, you know, heck out of Georgia Tech by 17, and then lost the three biggest games of the year bar none. So what do you want at this point? Really? I mean, they, they that was your chance. You're done now. I don't even know what there is to be excited for for the rest of the season, because what you're, even if you win out at this point, you're, I mean, maybe the momentum takes you into the tournament at that point, but I mean, the resume is not good. It's not good. It's not I, just, good. I just looked through all the records. I can't believe that's correct. It's true. Oh my god! Richmond is eleven and eleven. Richmond is eleven and eleven. But yes, three teams with records. That's absurd. Unreal. That is absolutely absurd. From Syracuse, Owen and I have you know we put in our shifts on the double overtime many times, and Pat from Syracuse has called in many times probably almost every single time we hosted the show. And he's thrown stats at me before that I didn't like or stats that I did like, but this might take the cake. That's a crazy stat. This is stat. my favorite stat. And shout out to him for it. Uh, That's that awesome. Because that is a crazy stat, man. I, I, um, I'm, 
I'm going to put my hand up here. I've been sitting on this info for a little while. Um, The last three Syracuse basketball games that I have attended have been Virginia, North Carolina, and Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. You got to stop going, man. Were you at Miami, too? You got to stop going, man. (laughs) Uh, the last three games I've been to were Virginia, North Carolina, and Pittsburgh. I, I've watched the same game three times. Uh, with <laughs> it, it was different, but it just feels the same. And you that's why I think it is as raw as it is. Uh, a couple things that I want to address, and, and I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this, because we didn't really talk before we jumped on all too much. Chris Bell got yanked with 15 seconds into the first half yeah, and did not come back in till. A chunk of the way through the two H. If wasn't there, somebody had to get the penny treatment. What are like? I, I just I'm mentally. I think I thought Justin Taylor was playing better than he was. Now that I'm looking and at the box score, uh, I think it was just because he got his five quickly. So I to might be have honest with you, he was playing better. Here's my take on those two guys. Neither of them are exceptional. You know, neither of them are going to come in and blow your socks off. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, when you don't really have a lot from either of those guys, you just got to pick the one that plays better defense. And maybe that is what Bayheim saw because I think Taylor is a bigger body. Yeah. And in the zone, better rebounder. Yeah. Um, so that's probably what he went with because neither of the shots were falling. I mean, maybe you could argue he didn't leave bell in long enough to get into a rhythm with, which there probably is merit to that. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's what he did. And uh, yeah. you're not even looking. I mean, that position, if Judah's going to play like he did tonight, all you really needed for a win was Gerard to have more than 10. And he couldn't even give you 10. I hate to point at him and say it's his fault, but, like, am I supposed to not? Like, the people out there who are always like, man, everybody gets so mad at Gerard. That guy is one of the greatest. Like, okay, maybe the stats say that, and maybe you're looking at me right now like, I can't believe you you'd go against that, but the guy put up seven points. Yeah. What do you, like? Are you going to come back at me and say he was against Kihei Clark? Okay, well then maybe he's not all that great if he can't score against a good defender. Like, am he I got crazy? He got wide not. open transition not. by Kihei Clark. I don't even know if it was blocked. He just missed. Yeah, so I don't. He really was missing like, open listen, looks from again, three. I am not a blame Joe every single game. Whatever he st- I'm not. I don't think he stinks anything like that. But you cannot deny when he didn't. This is a bad game. Three for 12. That's a bad game from Joe. It's hard not to point that. If you're going to get and, the I mean, credit in the win, you got to get the, you know, the flack when they lose, too. That's how it works when you're the leader. Yeah. Um, Is it not perfectly fitting, too, that Kihei Clark throws the dagger? Uh, like, can you please just get out of Virginia and go somewhere else, retire, get an actual day job, play overseas? I don't care. Just stop playing Syracuse. Kihei, I mean, I. Another double double against Syracuse. Ever heard that one before? Uh, he distributes like it's nobody's player. business. His composure is unbelievable. His patience, I'm envious of. It's awesome. Uh, and he did what he's done for the last six decades. He was actually there, Bayheim's rookie season as a head coach, <laughs> playing for Virginia basketball. Uh, that is Kihei Clark. Uh, I, I, this is absurd. I'm, really angry just because this loss hurts. I mean, we were hyping this team up, right? Because they won seven of their last eight 
basically early on in the new year. Then they lost to Virginia. You're like, all right. They bounce back with Virginia Tech and Notre Dame wins. And you've played a five-game stretch of basketball where you're one and four, but it really feels like you, you there's no excuse for it to be that bad given the way you've played in this stretch because you played – you know, 30 minutes of outstanding basketball against Virginia. And you played 35 minutes of outstanding basketball against UNC. And you played 30 to 35 minutes of outstanding basketball against Miami. And they cannot close. And I I mean, I know got a little crap for it last week, but a warranted question, the more I think about it, is why can't your team close, Jim Beheim? Because somebody here it is again. Hilarious. Somebody said it'd be hilarious if somebody asked him that tonight. Oh I thought that God. was pretty funny. That would have been Imagine that. That'd be crazy. He got he got fired up at uh whoever asked about Benny, he gave some sass today as well. Really? Um really? asking where Benny was. And I want to address that. I mean, first of all. I think Jordan Capozzi over at ESPN Syracuse tweeted this the second Bayheim said that Benny was uh, took a personal day and will be back at practice Wednesday. I think Jordan tweeted, if you listen closely, that is the sound of hundreds of mean tweets about Benny being deleted right now. He took a beating during this game on Twitter about how, oh, it doesn't matter. He's gone. He sucks. We never needed him. Oh, this is where this is where good players come to die. Bayheim's torched another good player. All every negative thought humanly possible. I will say a few people sprinkled in some, you know, good kid. We wish him the best. Hopefully things are going well. And I think that was the boat we were in, but this narrative, when you heard he wasn't playing, just sounded like he was transferring and entering the portal and, you know, a little bit weird to do it at this point, but it sort of made sense. Uh, And I think we were both on that same page of like, you know, it didn't work out here. I mean, it's your first thought, right? It's your first thought. And I just think like, first of all, I feel like that was handled incredibly weirdly by Syracuse to give the info to Donna, whoever leaked the info to Donna or told Donna DeToto that, you know, Benny's not playing. Benny's not in the dome today. Like, is it not the same amount of effort to say, Hey, Benny's taking a personal day. It's the same. It's the same number of words. And then you save a guy. The hopefully Benny doesn't use Twitter all too often. Because Twitter was not a very kind place to Benny Williams today. Um, So hopefully he doesn't go scrolling um, because that can't be good for any decisions that need to be made. Uh, I I don't know right now. This is, it's conflicting because in a traditional year, you play a top 10 team as close as Syracuse just did. And yes, you're a little frustrated. They didn't close it out, but you're, you're sort of okay with it. You're a little bit excited relieved like all right this team can battle this team can grind the resume as pat points out is so weak right now that there is nothing there is really like it doesn't matter what you do in a game unless you win that is the point that this resume has reached and i'm looking right now at ken palm and the ken palm wins right you have one win Inside the Ken Palm top 100, one singular win to Virginia Tech, who redeemed themselves and then some against you a few days ago, right? Like this is, this is tough. 
And let me ask you this, because you didn't think it the first time, but Syracuse has blown leads in both of their Saturday-Monday turnarounds this year. Is that a coincidence, or am I overthinking? You're overthinking. I still think you're overthinking. All right, fine. Talk to them, but... <laughs> I just don't... I don't think... I don't think that has anything to do with it. What was the other game? Miami? Miami. That one was on the road. So, yeah, I guess the other – they came back from Virginia Tech, so there's still merit there. Um, nah, I don't think that's anything. Also, how about what, – what a genius idea by the ACC. Let's release the football schedule mid-game. <laughs> you got a tonight. in quotes. You got a big ACC matchup. And you know what we're going to do mid-game? Let's release the football schedule. ACC. Great decision makers. You know, oh, I, I don't actually mean this, but I'm going to say it because this oh, is the God. kind of mood I'm in. I don't actually mean this. The ACC was busy early on releasing the football schedule. And then once they were done with that, they looked at the score. And that's when they called the refs to switch it up. That was a joke. All I don't right. actually mean it. I had to say it. This guy, Owen. All right. That was it, though. I have a shout out. <laughs> what? Do you have a shout out? Yes. What First is? First of all, Virginia airballed the free throw tonight. They did. And who else would I be shouting out besides the man that led the <laughs> airball chant? One John Bull Ajac. JBA? Who does that? JBA does. Who does that? John Bull was on his feet chanting. Chancy. It was awesome. I couldn't believe it. And at that point, you know, things were actually going well for the team. So it was really cool to see. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, shout out Jalen Hurts. Because I sort of feel like it's – he almost felt like a couple of years ago, Luke May hit a buzzer beater for UNC and then, like, showed up to his 8 a.m. the next day. And that's sort that. of what this felt like. This That's what this felt like for Hurts. Like, he wins the NFC Championship game yesterday, and then today was, like, him coming to class, and everyone's like, wow, that's really cool. Um, that was nice. Uh, we got to reach out, see what uh, what he says. But Marcus Adams was at the game. Uh, so the official was happening uh, yesterday. I think he got here uh, on Sunday. Uh, spent some time with the coaches, the team, the trainer. Same thing going on today. I think someone released his schedule. I think he was going to dinner. I saw uh, that, yeah. And then he's got an early flight out tomorrow morning. Um, good for him. Uh, we'll try and reach out, see what he thought, get any info from him about the trip. I think we can get uh, him back. Yeah. I mean, tough ending, but he saw a good game. The crowd was really involved, which is what you want out of games with recruits. Um, to see a fired up crowd and a I will crowd say this angry with the refs was fun and the crowd getting up for some big plays. So a good game for recruiting purposes, I would say though. Last year for the Duke game that was in the dome, that was like the last Bayheim Shashevsky game in the dome where everybody and their mother was there. Um, I remember that uh, Justin Taylor was there, Chris Bell was there, and Judah Mintz was there. Uh, and I think Bell and Taylor had already committed, and of course Judah hadn't. And I was standing on the floor, and I remember seeing Judah, and I the look in his eyes, he was he couldn't believe the moment, you know, with 30,000 plus fans wow. 
And obviously there's nothing I could report there. But in that moment, I was like, I bet you he's coming. Yeah. <laughs> like he That's was looking awesome. around like, oh, my goodness. And hopefully Marcus Adams had uh, more of the same better game for Marcus Adams than it was for Judah last year. That game, I cannot believe that that was the game that might have pushed him in Syracuse's direction after they lost like by 30. To do awesome, though. Uh, but that was a cool moment. So maybe Marcus That's Adams awesome. had a similar moment. Bones? Yep. Let me, let me take a look at the box score one more time. See if there's a this shout out. This has been an off the rails episode. It is. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, I'm going to shout him out because I thought he played well. I liked Symer's minutes tonight. Um, I think he did a decent job. Controlled the pace when he was in there, did enough. Uh, sometimes with Joe in there, it was a little stagnant. Uh, so I'll give Symer a quick little shout there. I'm also going to say this, and this is a little bit rogue. Jesse Edwards was on my nerves for a while tonight. Um, just didn't quite have it for too long, and I, I wanted things to improve. And they did for like a six-point stretch, and then they went back. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to keep a close eye on Jesse uh, this week and then against BC this weekend, I believe, too. So I'm, I'm keeping a close eye on him because I, I've got some some lingering thoughts at the moment. All right. Well, we'll revisit those lingering thoughts. I'll ask you about them later on this week. Uh, but that's all the time we have on Lockdown Syracuse today. Thanks for making it your first listen. For your next, check out the brand-new pod, Lockdown College Basketball, with experts Isaac and Andy. They'll bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape, Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He is Owen Valentine. We'll see you later.